Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. Many curling clubs across Canada have either delayed or cancelled their youth curling programs this season. However, there are some clubs that have reopened. In this episode, I speak with a program organizer at one of those clubs, Tanil Bacek from the Okotoks Curling Club in Alberta. Tanil Bacek is the junior program coordinator at the Okotoks Curling Club in Okotoks, Alberta, just south of Calgary. Their situation was unique because they ran youth programs last season and are running them again this season. In this conversation, we talk about her opening day in October, the preparations she made to get things ready for her program, and the advice she would give to fellow organizers who want to reopen their youth curling programs this season. Tanil, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Tanil, you're the junior program coordinator at the Okotoks Curling Club in Alberta. Your club is a bit of an outlier because not only are you running a junior program this season, but you also did so last season. So I wanted to start the conversation there. Could you tell us a little bit about last season? What did it look like and how long did it last? Uh, We were actually an extremely fortunate club last year. Um, We started in uh, October and it definitely did look different. Uh, We made the decision to limit uh, our participants to returning curlers. And that decision was made because uh, we were really trying to follow the COVID protocols. And the way we run our program is most of the curlers under the age of 12 um, don't have to have their own equipment. Um, We have brooms and sliders for them to use at the club. And when we thought about the work that that was going to require to sanitize um, all of those things in between usage, uh, it was just really going to be taxing on our volunteers. So we decided to limit it to curlers that had past experience, thinking that if they were, they'd experienced it, if they really wanted to continue with it, uh, they would buy their own equipment. And uh, so we limited it and we also limited the age. Uh, We had started taking younger guys as young as five a few years earlier, but last year we decided that um, just the amount of help and up closeness that those little guys need, um, that that just was not going to work with the COVID protocols. So we limited it to returning curlers uh, over the age of nine. And uh, we still had, um, obviously not as many, but we had our kids that were keen and and eager come out. And so we started that in October and we did have a bit of a disruption. Things were put on hold and uh, we were actually thinking our season was over. And um, I believe it actually like had just shut the down and then the government made an announcement and within hours um, our club manager 
um, was able to uh, stop the shutdown process and get the ice back up going. So we were shut down for about six weeks or so over December. And then once the ice was um, back up and uh, running, we carried on until March. So um, we had about 12 weeks, um, which is for us a little bit shorter than normal. We usually run a 20 week program, but all things considering, uh, we were happy to have what we did last year. How many kids were in the program? Um, well, our program is divided between um, really three nights. Um, we have recreational, which is two nights a week. Um, and then we have more competitive. And uh, I oversee the recreational. And we had uh, probably about 20 kids last year on um, for a younger age group. And then we had... Um, just a handful. We had about six for our older age group, um, but we really didn't want to um, shut it down. Even though there was only six, we were just very concerned that if uh, we didn't have curling for them, that some of them may not return. Um, so they were an easy group to deal with. Uh, it was me there by myself, but um, we kept it open and they've all returned this year. I'm assuming that you're keeping with the same format in terms of days and which uh, groups of kids are on which days. Could you just give a, a, a summary of, of the days you curl and, and which groups are in which days? Sure. Well, well, this year we actually kind of, we followed a similar pattern um, from last year, but we did kind of take this as a kind of a new starting point for us. We kind of clarified some of our league descriptions and whatnot. And we started some new things with our youngest curlers. But on Monday night, um, that is our U12. And on our Monday night program, we run everything from learn to curl. Uh, we have a program for five to um, seven-year-olds. And then we have a badge program that we're working on with our curlers that have uh, a, a year's experience under their belt. Uh, and then Tuesday is our competitive academy. And um, that's ran by our club manager and uh, Atina Ford Johnson. Uh, that's for our kids that are more into competition and looking for some higher level coaching. Uh, and then on Thursday, we have U18. So we have learned to curl kids in that group as well. And we also have kids that have curled for a number of years, but aren't really looking for a competitive route, um, but want to stay in touch with the sport. So that's kind of how we have our program split up. And we're going to try to get some of our maybe more experienced 12-year-olds out into Thursday just to kind of bridge that gap for them, um, kind of get them familiar with what the Thursday program looks like so that they know what to look forward to for next year. Um, so they might get, they have the option uh, to attend on Thursdays if they want to. Um, and then some of our competitive curlers from our Tuesday Academy have shown interest of just more ice time. And uh, we would certainly love to have them show our rec curlers some, some stuff. Now you said last year that it was uh, limited to experienced kids. Could you tell me a bit about the composition of the group this year? Are, are there new kids new to curling? 
actually most of our Monday night kids are new this year. Um, again, we were really fortunate last year. I mean, I know that all the curling in the bubble was um, was broadcast on TV, uh, but we have a number of kids that watched it on TV. Uh, it was close to home and uh, they decided that was something they would like to do. Um, so we have this year, we probably have close to 20, 20 kids on Monday that are new. And then uh, we've got almost half of our kids on Thursday are also new to curling this year. Wow. That's a lot of kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you do to prepare for the season? What were some of the things you did in advance of day one to, to get everything ready? Uh, well, I'm a teacher, so I am used to do a lot of planning ahead of time to make things uh, flow more smoothly. Um, so I spent some time in the summer. Um, we talked, the club manager, myself, and uh, Tina, uh, as I mentioned, she oversees the uh, the competitive program and really just clarified where what we wanted on each night. And then from there, I made lessons. Um, we have a lot of volunteer coaches that are very capable. Um, I depend so much on them. Um, but we have found that lessons have been quite helpful. So I worked on some lessons for, um, for each of the groups. And some of it, I took the Curling Canada programs and just tweaked it for our um, you know, for our time frame and our length of season and so on. Um, so I got some of that done ahead of time. And then I really wanted to connect with the coaches before the season started. Um, but with everyone being so busy and um, COVID protocols that were in place at the time, uh, rather than a coaches meeting, I chose to send out an email and I did apologize for the length of my email, but it was the <laughs> of, uh, coaches meeting. So nobody complained. Um, and many of the coaches are returning. Um, so I just reiterated what our goals were for each of the groups that we work with and uh, the structure and just considerations that we wanted to keep in the forefront of our mind. I also emailed each coach and let them know what their group would look like. Um, I know that some clubs aren't quite as structured as ours, but um, we like the consistency. One coach works with uh, a group of kids. They get to know each other. Um, so I divided the, the curlers up based on their experience, based on their age. And I let each coach know ahead of time. Um, a little bit of background about their particular group. It was pretty basic, but, you know, I told one coach, you've got a group of beginners. Uh, they're boys from the ages of, uh, you know, nine and 10, and you've got six of them. And here's their names, make them feel welcome on the first week. I communicated a lot with the parents, um, just reminders of what um, they needed to have in terms of equipment. Uh, I only sent one email, um, but in there I communicated that as well as um, just our reiterated our club's policies regarding COVID. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I did before the season. 
I think uh, I just want to get right to it. Uh, this was the first question I thought about when I, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to interview you, Tanil. And that's, can you tell me what day one was like? Oh, <laughs> it was, um, I did not realize how noisy and it, filled with excitement it was till I actually got home and it was quiet at home. Um <laughs> <laughs> It was unique. We've never experienced a day one like that before in that we had so many new curlers, um, but they were just so excited. Um, our returning curlers, although, I mean, I saw them much more recently than some junior coordinators um, will see their juniors if they didn't have them last year. Uh, but there was just excitement in the building and it was awesome. And the, returning curlers were so happy to be back. Um, I mean, everyone's just happy that we can do things again. Uh, the new curlers, uh, a lot of them were really excited. Uh, there was just a little bit of intimidation, but mostly I would say just um, enthusiasm and excitement. Now, I, I can only picture what it was like. I mean, obviously there are the kids there. Were, were the parents allowed in the building? Uh, according to our club chose to follow the, um, we were basically given two options um, where we could limit capacity uh, and not check for vaccine status or operate as normal checking vaccine status. So our board chose to operate as normal and parents were allowed to come and watch, uh, providing that they had the vaccine um the required vaccine status. So our club manager was checking that on the first day. So yeah, we had one, you know, for every curler that came in, most of them came with at least a parent. Grandparents were there. Um, yeah, it was quite busy. Just to follow up on, on the vaccination checking, is this something that, uh, uh, sorry, I'm not as familiar with Alberta's uh, yes. <laughs> rules. So, uh, what did they have? Did the kids have to be vaccinated? How did that work with your groups? Again, there was some options laid out by the government and in the end, the board, um, kind of weighed the pros and cons and they opted to have, uh, all of our participants that were born in the year 2009, um, be vaccinated. Uh, in Alberta, you are vaccinated by your birth year. Um, so it's not by birth date. So anyone that was born in 09 was eligible for the vaccine. And uh, the expectation, if they were going to participate, um, that they had to have it, except, of course, um, documented medical exemptions, uh, was communicated with the members in advance. And, um, and then they chose if they were going to um to continue with the program, um, we had a couple um, that chose not to, and um, we refunded their money, and uh, we hope to see them back again. Is that something you check once, and and that's on the rec that's the, like recorded somewhere? You don't have to check it every time they visit your building. For the curlers, um, we checked off that we've seen their their vaccination. We didn't record any personal data. Uh, we have it on file that we've checked their identification and uh, they know that they should have it on them 
in the event that we get checked, <laughs> but we've verified all of their uh, vaccination because we have a list of our members. We checked off who um, who we collected their information from, which was everybody that uh, has been participating. Uh, but we do check the parents just because we don't have any way of um, or it'd be cumbersome to record all of the parents. And as I mentioned, sometimes it's grandparents that drop the kids off. Um, so we've just been asking for the spectators documentation at the door and we've had no issues with that so far. Um, again, I, I'm sure that there are people that have, but those were communicated in advance and, um, yeah, they're not, um, their children aren't in the program this year. So what were some of the other COVID related considerations? I'm just thinking of things other clubs have to, uh, address things like masks, distancing, equipment sharing. Are there are things that you had to consider as a junior program coordinator? We are following all of the Alberta health protocols. And as it is at the moment, um, as long as they are participating in sports, they don't have to be masked, but they are wearing their masks when they come in. They're wearing their masks um, right up until the time that we start our warm up, and we we have curlers um, that choose to wear them during activities. Uh, and I've ensured curlers that whatever their choice is and whatever works for them or their family, we are going to work with that. So some take them off, some leave them on. Uh, when we are doing our warm up as one large group, we do have physical distancing um, between that. Um, on the ice is a little bit different. Um, again, being governed by Alberta and curling Alberta <laughs> um, with their being back to regular rules this year, we've been following that. Last year, we adopted the no sweeping, you know, one sweeper and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're continuing to play regular games and, um, but operating within the masking and physical distancing where that is required by the Alberta health mandates. Tell me a little more about that first day. I, I don't know if it re represents a typical practice, but especially, you know, I, I deal with U12s, little rocks. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what a typical U12 little rocks practice looks like at your club? Sure. Uh, well, we have it after school, um, which is not ideal, but um, our rink is so busy that if we operated on weekends, we wouldn't get the 20 weeks that we do. Um, so we have kids trickling in um, over the span of about a half an hour. Some schools are closer than others. Um, so we do have our kitchen open. So some kids grab snacks as they come in. Um, some have snacks along the way. So there is a lot of uh, kind of waiting for some kids uh, up until four o'clock. But then when we get started, um, I lead them in a group warm up. Um, and while I'm doing that, then each of the coaches is able to get what they need for their equipment on the ice and so on. Uh, so we do a group warm up together, um, talk about anything that we need to talk about for uh, the week. So the first week, it was just a welcome back and some expectations of the club. Um, this week, we talked about um, core strength, showed them some 
homework that they can do at home. So while I'm doing the warm up, I try to address kind of one main idea for the week. And then once we're done the warm up, we go down onto our sheets. And from there, uh, each sheet has its own coach and they've got their lessons and they take it away from there. So uh, we're on ice for about an hour and 15 minutes after our warm up. Oh, and, and what happens at the end? Is there a, a, a closing routine? Uh, that is each individual coach. Um, not all sheets finish quite at the same time. If someone finishes an end and um, or a drill and there's not enough uh, time. So we leave that one up to the coaches and they kind of remind them about the key points of the lesson for the week and then lead them in some cool down. And, and that's a pretty typical practice for us. If I remember correctly, you started at the beginning of October. Is that correct? Correct. So you've had, it's, we're recording this, it's almost Halloween. So Mm -hmm. you've had a couple of practice weeks, correct? Correct. We are three weeks into it now. Ah. We've had three practices. Okay. Now, based on what you know today, is there anything else you would have done differently to prepare for, for the season? Um, (laughs) as it is a minor thing, but, um, I got thinking of it afterwards and, you know, I led them in the warm up. I welcomed everyone. Um, I read off their names, who was going to be their coach and what sheet they had to go to and so on. Um, and then one little girl, cutest thing, so excited to be there said, I know I'm on sheet one, but what does that mean? And uh, <laughs> uh, obviously hadn't thought that these kids are coming without understanding that the piece of ice is called a sheet and that the numbers at the end mean something. Um, it wasn't, you know, a huge issue. I uh, pointed her in the direction of her coach and she went on her way. But one thing that I thought that I might do differently for next year is um, because our coaches are not upstairs when we do the warm up. Um, and that part of that is so that we can do the physical distancing and part of that is so that they can be getting their, um, equipment ready. But, um, what I would do in the future is take our more seasoned curlers who know who the coaches are, or at least know what sheet number one means. (laughs) And I might pair our, uh, newer curlers up. And then that way our returning curlers, um, can take a little bit of, uh, leadership in, the program and help our newer kids who are not quite familiar with that. But um, all in all, it went pretty smooth. They were just so excited to be there. If there were issues, I think the excitement of being there uh, overshadowed any issues that uh, they might have had. Tanil, I, I want you to dig a little deeper, or I'm going to dig a little deeper into mm-hmm. something here. From what you've already told me, there was a obviously a lot of excitement. Can you, can you just describe that a little uh, in a little more detail? You said it was noisy. Were the kids like, uh, they couldn't stop moving? <laughs> like they were <laughs> active? Uh, like what, what What did it look like, sound like, smell like? I, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> can you get, can you give me some more detail? Uh, well, we had a uh, pop-up curling shop at the rink that day. Um, so some of the curlers that were coming in had bought new brooms or new sliders or um, those um, like sport design, like toques with the 
padding in them. Right. Hats. Um, there was all sorts of things at the pop-up shop. So some of the returning curlers were coming up and showing me what they'd just bought. Uh, some of them were just talking about, you know, what they had done since last time. Um, the new kids um, were coming up to me. Uh, we have, as our coaches, we have jackets that, um, that say coaches and stuff like that. And I'm not, to be honest, quite sure how they knew I was the one in charge of things. Maybe I looked a whole lot busier than I thought I did in my head. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, they were just coming up and I had some kids telling me why they were there, that their grandma brought them. Um, I had a um, one curler come up. He's been with our program a few years he was telling me that his grandma started curling because he curls and uh, apparently I taught his grandma at uh, an adult learn to curl earlier uh, in September yeah they just had they had stories and then the new curlers there was a few questions they were um, more timid they wanted to know you know exactly where do you stand where do you put your shoes um and things like that. Um, lots of French fries going out of, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Kitchen smell, not the best diet nutrition, but uh, um, yeah, I had parents coming and thanking me and thanking the coaches. Um, yeah, it was, it was really good excitement, really good energy. Oh, that's fantastic, Neil. I, I feel for the listeners out there who haven't opened their programs in a while. That includes me. And I, just from what you just said, I, I can tell that that's the reaction a lot of our fellow organizers will have. Just mm-hmm. they'll, they'll just people will be glad to be back in a curling club and, and curling again. <laughs> it's as simple as that sometimes. And I am so fortunate. Um, I guess this has given me an opportunity to reflect on the clubs that aren't able to open, you know, and when I see the excitement of our junior curlers and I reflect on the fact that there are children that yearn for that connection um, and they may not be able to have that this year, it really makes me grateful for what we do have. And uh, well, some days it can be exhausting. Um, You know, I, I think how fortunate we are um, to have this opportunity for our young curlers here. So kind of gives uh, a little bit extra oomph when I sometimes need it. After I talked to you the last time, you sent me a follow-up email. I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to touch on it here. Some basically advice for uh, other curling organizers, other youth curling organizers. And you gave me three tips here. So I just wanted to quickly review them. And if you wanted Mm -hmm. to follow up on those points, go right ahead. Uh, One is to review safety with the kids. Mm -hmm. Two is have a good warm up. And three is to remind kids, especially ones that haven't been out on the ice for a while, that it's going to take time for them to get their balance and be comfortable on the ice. So expect the frustration, but. Uh, don't let that get you down. So those were the three items. Did did you want to uh, follow up on any of those? Safety was one of the things that I communicated to our coaches in advance. And it is also 
um, on our lesson plans as well. Just kind of reminders, um, you know, make sure that they're stepping on with their gripper foot and so on. Um, and in retrospect, I'm really glad that we reviewed the safety with them because of that excitement on the first week. Um, they just wanted to be on the ice <laughs> and they haven't been on the ice for a couple of months. And I certainly understand that there's clubs where it's going to be a much longer time period between um, the kids being on the ice. Um, so yeah, just before we got anywhere near the ice, um, the kids knew some of the big safety things that we needed to watch out for as well as the coaches. Um, and then actually the idea of a really good warm up came from um, the women in curling segment that I was in here um, as a participant in October. And they did a session there about warm ups and, and muscle groups and stuff like that. And it got me thinking that, um, I mean, I know as a curler that first game every season, I, feel it a lot. And uh, I just really wanted to make sure that as much as we could, that we were being proactive in preventing any injuries in our kids. Um, so we did a really good warm up of muscles that they maybe haven't worked for a while, um, particularly um, quads. Um, yeah, quads, um, our ankles, the Achilles area, arms, um, and just caution them you know, as well, that what you could do before, maybe we need to work up to that uh, in terms of that muscle safety. And then, yeah, just, um, I wouldn't say the last one was something that we really addressed with most of our kids on Monday, because most of them were new. Um, but for our returning kids, um, you know, just giving them pep talks along the way. And some of them have grown so much. And again, we were only off the ice for a short time compared to some. I'm sure that for some curlers that were maybe not on the ice at all for, you know, a year and a half, um, they're almost coming back with new bodies. And uh, <laughs> their appendages aren't going to be the same proportion that they were before. Uh, and if you see frustration uh, in them, just, you know, it doesn't have to be a thorough anatomy lesson, but uh, they're, yeah, they're in some ways learning to curl with a different body than what they were there last time and just to, for them to really not get discouraged. Do you have any particular goals this season? For the kids to have fun. Um, we just, we would like to keep the curlers that we've got here. We'd like to keep building our program and we really, in my program anyway, which is uh, the recreational program, uh, really just wanting them to have fun so that they either stick with either recreational curling or go a more competitive route. Um, and obviously the competitive route, they would probably have different goals for them. But this year, we just want them to feel welcome in the building. We want them to know that this is um, a club that they're part of, and we want them to come back next year. Tanil, for our listeners out there who are thinking about reopening their programs, maybe they haven't had a youth program in their club for a while and mm -hmm. are thinking about reopening, what advice would you have for them? I would um, suggest that they reach out and they ask people that have uh, been running programs, look for resources. Uh, there are so many people wanting to help out there. Um, and I know that it can 
also get bogged down as well too if you get resources from you know 10 or 15 different people that can be overwhelming as well um but ask if you have any questions because i've found that the curling community is extremely helpful we want to support each other we want our sport to grow and um yeah just just ask um someone will have something that you need and just ask. Um, and I, it doesn't have to be the most polished program. Um, just getting kids in the doors, um, is an awesome place to start and a program can develop from there. Um, as I mentioned, like I've been working on the program here for probably four, four years, maybe five years now. Um, and I work very closely with, uh, a Tina who had it before me. So we've been putting a lot of years into, um, developing the program. Of course, we took it on after others. Um, but it certainly doesn't need to look polished the first year. Just kids want to be on the ice and they need opportunities to do that. So any start of a program is better than no program. Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, I, I, I knew this would be valuable for the listeners and, you know, talking about reaching out and finding resources and people that'll help you. If, if people want to reach out to you and ask you questions or, or get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do that? My link is on the Okotoks Curling Club website. Um, that's O-K-O-T-O-K-S. Uh, if you Google the website, um, otherwise my email is okotokescurlingjuniors at gmail.com. Okay. That's great, Neil. I'll, I'll make sure that's in our show notes. And I just want to thank you again for joining me tonight. And I, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, uh, you run a great program there and we, we've had a Tina on our podcast before, and I'm, ha I'm happy that you, uh, agreed to join me tonight. So thank you. Well, Glenn, thank you very much for having me. I have gained so much insight from listening to your podcast. Um, I'm happy to share any little bit of insight that I might have. Um, like I said, the curling community is just a phenomenal resource. And uh, thank you very much for having me tonight. So that was my interview with Tanil. If you're a supporter of this podcast, I encourage you to follow our Twitter account, which is the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. One more time, the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. I'll also have that Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow the podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling. <laughs>